You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. I'm going to share with you what the Lord has shared with shared with me. Every year in January, I go on a sabbatical for one week. I go by myself um, and uh, I just listen for the Lord. I have no agenda. I turn off my phone. Uh, I don't talk to anybody other than my husband. Um, and I basically just hibernate and I just do whatever God wants me to do. There's, there's nothing on the agenda. And this year he really started talking to me about, uh, just some specific things I want to talk about. I want to talk about intimacy for a minute. I want to talk about multiplication and I want to talk about worship. And we may talk about one other thing, but we'll see how the time permits. But I'm going to start with this, this word, and it's from uh, Leonard Ravenhill. And I want to read this to you because this is a whole, um, no, this is really a key about going deeper. It's about being on fire in the depths of where you are. Each one of us carry a fire, Right. We all carry it. It just is a matter of the level of flames that are within us. So I may have a fire that's just kindling. I may have a fire that's a forest fire. You've got to stoke the fire that is in you. You've got to stoke the fire. And this is his, uh, this is his quote. It says, God is a consuming fire. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of fire. And Jesus said, I've come to bring fire on earth, and there is no escaping the fire. There's no escaping the fire. So a lot of times during the day, I'll put my hand on my belly, and I'm like, Lord, intensify my fire. Just fire me up. Come on, fire me up. And that really is a lot of what I spent on my sabbatical was just receiving a greater burn, a greater fire for the Lord. And I had so much fun being by myself and being with the Lord. And in the morning, a lot of times, you know, have you ever woke up and knew the Lord was waiting for you to get up? That he's like, you know how your little kids used to come and like breathe on you until you got up or your dog or something like that. That's how I felt. The Lord was just like, you rest, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. So I would get up in the morning and he said, uh, you know, I don't want you to do what you normally do. This is a season of not doing what we normally do. This is a season of change. And, and Jody said that uh, last night. It is not life as usual. It is a life of change. And he said, I don't want you to do what you normally do. I want you to worship and pray in the Spirit. And it was really nice because the place I stayed moved me to a room that overlooked the beach. And it was up high, so I opened up my sliding glass doors. It's pitch black, and all I could hear was the waves, the waves. And I would just sit there and worship and pray in the Spirit for hours. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have hours 
to spend praying in the spirit. But it was just, it was just a really awesome time. But the Lord kept talking to me about, we've got to be ready to shift at a moment's notice. And you guys know we had a flood in our church and um, it happened on Tuesday mid-morning. The people next door to us called and said, you know, there's water coming from your building into ours. And so my husband, my, my team, they're all running up there trying to take care of it. And we had the choice on Tuesday morning. We could cancel the conference or we could shift because there was a suddenly. And, you know, sometimes we think when we shift because there's a suddenly, it's always a good thing. But sometimes a bad thing happened, but God has the good thing prepared for us. And if we shift and not, not lean into what's going wrong, but lean into the idea that God has for us to shift it around. I called a couple of places and I was like, you know, what are we going to do, Lord? And I called, left some messages, called a couple of churches, a couple of different places. And I said, okay, Lord, I feel like there's something else. What do you have? And immediately I heard Wanda, which is a person who goes to our church. She, and I heard St. Petersburg College. She works for St. Petersburg College. So I called her. I said, you know, Wanda, we got an issue. She said, I'm on it. So this is Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, the person from here emailed me. Now, I would have said, call me because I'm, I'm serious. I need an answer. But she emailed me. They email everything back and forth. And so I, we got a hold of her, blah, blah. So by Wednesday afternoon, we had secured the location. And we figured, you know, if we need to, we could do it in the parking lot of our church. And use we couldn't use our bathrooms, but use the bathrooms at the dog lover's place near us or Dunkin' Donuts. You know, we're used to a building with air conditioning, sound equipment, drums, keyboards, but we can worship God in a parking lot. And God's trying to shake us loose and help us be so flexible that it doesn't matter what happens. He has the solution for us, but that solution comes out of the intimacy he's calling us deeper into. You know, it's hard to hear the voice of someone you don't know. It's hard to hear the voice of someone you don't talk to. It's hard to hear the voice that for, from someone you don't spend any time with. But God is calling us into this deeper intimacy so that when he even says, Patricia, she jumps. She's like, God, I know you're calling my name. Or when there's something that we don't know what to do with, we go, Jesus. And he's like, here it is. Call St. Pete College. I got this. And I had several people say, well, what about this? What about this? And I'm like, if he's got me a building, then he's got the rest of it worked out. And it's that quick adjustment out of intimacy that brings us into a fluid flow with God that keeps us from being consumed by what's going on around us. Because when we walk in that intimacy with God, we're looking from his eyes. And so we see what's in front of us very differently than when we're walking in our flesh. And one of the uh, dreams he gave me through the night, I had so many dreams. God, how many are having dreams, words, revelation uh, uh, through the night? I mean, this is a season of revelation. All you have to do is say, God, I want it. And he'll give it to you in all different ways. I had a dream that uh, we were having a service at night. And at 8.36, 8.26 p.m. in the dream, I said, I don't know what happened. But God has done something, something and taken us somewhere through just the worship. And we've started pressing into that dream of spending some time. We've got a Friday night service where we just worship and we just soak and we go in deep and, and allow the Lord just to reign and pour over us. There's something about personal worship and soaking with the Lord that transforms us. But corporate soaking and worship transforms the body. Because what you bring changes all of us, 
right? So there's an intimacy factor that God is calling us to that's going to cost us. And I know Michelle just mentioned this. We are not going to get where God wants us to go if we aren't willing to pay a price for it. And it may be a price of a little less sleep. It may be a price of saying, God, that's weird, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I don't know. Whatever the price is God has for you, you'll know it because you're going to push against it. You're going to feel this little, oh, I'm not really sure about this. But the more you yield to this spontaneous, sudden move of God, the more you'll see an intimacy develop between you and him because there is a leaning into him, not away. There is a pressing into what he wants to do. So there is a move of intimacy. I feel like that that is the new wineskin. It's the body of Christ going after the intimacy that is so deep and so rich and so pure that we're able to live and breathe and have our very movement out of him, right? I know that that's a scripture, right? Intimacy. And, you know, sometimes we think, what is intimacy? What, you know, what is that really? Just ask Jesus. Jesus, what does intimacy look like between you and me? Because each one of us are so unique, it does look different. What, what, is, what is the space for me is going to be different for what's the space for Ruth. So everyone has to form that agreement with God by saying, Jesus, Take me deep. You know what deep is. We've all shared and we've all shared amongst ourselves what deep is looking like for us. But because of our uniqueness, I can't fit in to Jody's intimacy. Because God's designed it just for her. So part of this journey of going deeper in intimacy is agreeing with Jesus in what his intimate plan is for you. So intimacy is a real key for this season. Um, I just feel like we've got to learn to just breathe and not be stressed out by what God's trying to do, but to lean in and know that he has something unique planned for you and he'll reveal it. He's not going to say, I've called you to intimacy, but I am not going to let you know what that is. I think about it. So many times we think there's such a mystery of God in our everyday. There's a lot of mystery of God. You know, there's things we can't explain. But God has said, I am in you and you're in me. He tells the disciples, I have revealed the mysteries to you that other people do not know. First Corinthians said that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. So there is not a hidden secret agenda that God has. He's called us into intimacy, and he is telling you what intimacy looks like. You just have to say, okay, I'm willing. If you want me to pray in the Spirit for 30 minutes, that's fine. For a while, God had me praying in the Spirit into my phone, into the recording. He just said, turn on your recording and just pray in the Spirit. Well, at first I was like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like what he's doing is he is emptying out our norm so he can move us into a spiritual realm of breathing with him, going with him. So I'm praying in the spirit in my phone and I just put my earbuds in because it records it. And then he says, I want you to listen to it back. And I realized after I started listening to it back, revelation started coming out of that. And I'm like, how did you do that? But I mean, you know what? Because how many of you think, oh, let me pray in the spirit into my phone. Let me listen and see what it says. <laughs> 
And it wasn't like it was a word for word you know, articulation. What it was is as I listened to it, there were these things that started, would start coming to me and I knew it was the spirit. And I'm like, God. So in, then it got in the morning. I was like, oh, is it time to pray in the spirit? <laughs> it's true. And you know what happened? I got so into that. Then God's like, oh, we're not going to do that today. But I so love it. Well, he's like, you can still do it, but we're going to do something else. And he started taking me where every morning it would be different. So I'm, I would get up and say, okay, what do you want to do? What do you have today? I love praying in the spirit, listening to it. It takes a lot more time because you're praying in the spirit. So you're praying 30, 45 minutes an hour. Then you're listening for 30, 40 minutes or an hour. But you know, he make space for what we need to do. Have you ever had him hold time for you where you've got something done and then you realize, I really couldn't have gotten that done in the amount of time I got it done? You know, sometimes he just holds that for you. And uh, so then he starts something new and I'm like, okay. And this last week, it's so funny. Every morning, there is a vision of him sitting at just a plain table, like plain, plain, plain. Nothing, nothing decorative, nothing. And there is a tiny wood cup and a tiny wafer in front of me. And he, and he gives me communion. It's just, and it just goes, it just goes. You know how sometimes when he gives you a vision, it just goes, whether you close your eyes, open your eyes, it's just, it's just there. It's in the spiritual realm and you're in it with it. And um, I'm like, what's all that about? Nothing. I just want to commune with you. He, he's making us adaptable to him. He's making us where when it says he is one with us, that we are living out of the oneness of him. And if you ask him, he will do it. And I'm sure many of you have experienced this where all of a sudden you're in your norm, you're in your norm, and then you're not. And he has shifted gears on you, and you're like, what are we doing? Okay, let's do it. But that's part of this whole thing. It, it is hard for us to adjust to the harvest that's going to happen unless we become as adaptable to what the harvest is in front of us. The harvest is not going to look like we thought it was going to look. It is not going to look like big stadiums full of Billy Grahams, well, you know, it's not going to look like that. It doesn't mean there may not be that. But what it means is that is a small part of what God is doing. The harvest is the people of God responding to the nudge that he gives us in the area that he puts us. Whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at our, our, our families, you heard Jody share a bunch of those, but that's what the harvest is going to look like. It's going to look like you're paying attention to your own business and suddenly God wants you to mind theirs. And you're like, you know, I've got eggs in my cart. He's like, I'll keep them cool. Don't worry. But that's what he's looking for. He's looking for such a, a yes spirit from you that you won't even have to have the mental argument with whether that's him or not, or whether you're actually going to do it or not. And we all know that there have been times he's called us and we haven't done it. I, ha I haven't done it. And then I've walked away and a day later thinking, I know, I, I just pretended like I wasn't going to do it and I didn't do did it. I didn't do it. We've all done it. Or we've missed that moment. But I believe that God is refining us and training us where those missed moments will become fewer and fewer and the yes moments will become a norm of our life. The normal of our life is yes. And he's in a training mode with us. And he's, I'm telling you, he is repositioning us. How many feel like they have been repositioned in the last six, 12 months? Okay, about half the people in here. And how many feel like they're not there yet? God is repositioning us. This, last year, I traveled all the time. 
this year, when I went to do my calendar in December, he said, uh, don't do it. I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I help people organize their life. So uh, I like to organize mine. He said, don't do it. He said, do not put anything on your calendar. And the only things I have said yes to was when he signed off on it. He said, this is your year to build. And you can't build the way I want you to build if you're on the road all the time. And I was like, so he, and he's gave me a mandate about this building. And I don't know what your mandate is for this year, but he's given you a mandate. And if you're not clear on it, then spend some time with him and ask him what it looks like. And a mandate doesn't necessarily mean detail. Sometimes when we think we have a mandate, then we're going to have every step of the way. But the mandate may just be, be. The mandate may just be clear your calendar. The mandate may just be, I want you to be down in four cities in five days. Preaching the gospel, laying hands on people. The mandate may be, this year is your family year. And I want you to have time with your family. You know, I don't know what your mandate is. It could be a combination of all these things. But for me, the Lord said... No yes, unless it's my yes. And, and that is the way I would assume I normally operate. But, but this year, you know, I'm used to having certain things that I do. And uh, he just said no. He said, when you're to go, you'll go. And you'll know. But for right now, your normal that you would normally schedule in, don't schedule it in. And you know what? It hasn't been missed. It hasn't been missed. It's made me a little, um, I don't know if the word's unsettled, but you know, sometimes when you're used to a busy schedule and you're on the road and you're doing this and you've got calls and blah, blah, blah. So it's made me a little bit like, what do I do now? He's like, what do you want to do? So I've spent a little bit more time with my granddaughter. I might have played a little bit more tennis. I might have played a lot more tennis. But he's, that's what he said. Do what you want to do. I've spent a lot more time with him. A lot more time with him. A lot more time in the Word. And I thought I spent a lot of time with him in the Word and all that before. But sometimes that fine-tuning that he's doing with us throws us off a little bit. But it also causes a greater reliance on him. I'm looking for your yes, Lord. I'm looking for your no, your Lord. And there was a couple of things that I was thinking about doing, and he just said, do what you want. If that's what you want to do, then do what you want. So it is a time of transition that's really our, our, a time of, yes, transitioning, time of repositioning that is coming out of intimacy. It really is the intimacy of the Lord. The other thing I want to talk about, oh, let me say one other thing before I do. I want us to consider spending some extra time just soaking with the Lord. And maybe that extra time, may, you may only have five minutes, but that little extra sacrifice to just soak and spend time with the Lord and, and just lean into what he's saying to you is, is transformational. It will help you in that level of intimacy. And I'm going to read this scripture out of uh, 1 Kings 8 because I believe that this is what the Lord wants to do when we're with him and when we gather as a corporate. It says, and as it came to pass, Solomon has built the temple. It says, as it came to pass, when the priest came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue to ministering because the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. I believe that that is what we're supposed to steward this year. It's just steward the glory of the Lord because the revelation is coming out of his glory. The, the movement that he's doing is coming out of his glory. The visions and the dreams that he's releasing is coming out of his glory. And one of the words that he gave me is out of Isaiah 20, 65, 24. And this is my word this year. It is before they even call out to me, I will answer them. 
you know that that is that word is going to be birthed in you out of intimacy. Before they finish telling me what they need, I have already heard. Write that scripture down. Isaiah 65, 24. And began speaking that, Lord, I know that before I've even called out, you've answered me. You've provided a way for me. You've given me the skill set I need. You've given me the revelation that I need. You've given me that stream of income that I need. And before I've even finished explaining it to you, Lord, because I'm explaining to you what I need, he said, I've already taken care of it. You don't have to explain anymore because I've got this. And what you're explaining to him is not nearly as amazing as what he's about to do for you. He's going to do more for you than you're even asking him to do. Just like Corrine shared earlier, he did things for her she didn't even ask him to do. Okay, so let's talk about multiplication. Because with this comes multiplying. And God is going to teach us to multiply in a way that he multiplies. He does new math. It's called heavenly math. It's not that weird math they're trying to teach us. It's called heavenly math. He does heavenly math. Uh, it's called, it's uh, Matthew 14. Who's laughing? Are those teachers laughing? I know. I tried out that new math. I think I'm old school with old math. You know, you just add it up. Line by line. You just multiply. Okay, Matthew 14. Now, okay, yes, Lord. Okay, Matthew 14. So here are the disciples. They've uh, gone out. I'm going to start in verse 14. It says, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Know that there is a healing wave here. There is a healing wave being released by God. There is a miracle wave being released by God. You know, the two people that came up and testified, that is a sign of what he's doing. And if you didn't receive your healing, just keep contending because the Lord says he healed them all. And we're just going to keep contending for that. When it was evening, his disciples came and said to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. That is your word. You do it. You do it. I have empowered you to do and to take care of what needs to be done. So you do it. Don't send them away. See what they need. Let the spirit move through you and you do it. I didn't get an amen on that one. <laughs> Jesus, they don't like that one. <laughs> but you know, that's a hard thing to think about. Because you think about all the people you encounter. But you know, let's just say you see someone that you think they need to ask. I was running in the park one day and there was a lady sitting at the bench, an older lady. She had her cane and, and the Lord said, I want you to go pray for her. And all I saw was her cane. So I ran past her. And then I circled around. I stopped because I'm like all hot and sweaty. And uh, I'm like, hey. And I'm sure she's thinking, weird, weird people in the park. Why did I come? And she's like, hey. I said, well, I said, I was running and I felt like you needed prayer. And she's like, okay. And she didn't really, she wasn't like, oh, yes, I'm so glad you're here. I said, well, let me just pray for you. So I began to pray. I didn't even ask her about the cane. I just began to pray. And the Holy Spirit has me start praying for a daughter. And I'm praying for the daughter and I stop praying and she looks at me and she's like, how did you know I had a daughter? I'm like, well, the Holy Spirit, that's just what I felt like I was supposed to pray for was your daughter. She goes, that's what I need prayer for. We never prayed for her body. I never thought of it again. 
Because when the Holy Spirit started showing me what to pray for, that's what I prayed for, and she went away with her cane. I, you know, I don't actually know how all this works, but I know what the Holy Spirit was showing me. And that lady got what God had for her, and she'll work out the rest of the healing with him. Right? So sometimes we see with our natural eye and not our spiritual eye. So we're trying to give them food when actually they need salvation. Or we're trying to heal them when actually their daughter needs uh, whatever she needed. I didn't even remember what I prayed. Even when I got done, I didn't know what I prayed. But I knew I'd prayed for her daughter. So sometimes we're trying to give something they don't want and that God has not assigned us to. And that's what the intimacy, that's where that comes in. Because when we're intimate with the Lord and we're leaning into the assignment that he's given us, we have the information that they need instead of the information we think they need. There's a big difference than thinking you know and letting the Holy Spirit tell you what to know. There's a big difference in that. So, I, so this is part of the multiplication. Jesus is telling them, you know, that what they think is, okay, everybody needs to leave. Go get your own food. We're done. And Jesus is like, no, you feed them. And, of course, what is the question? We ain't got nothing to feed them. Well, if Jesus has told them to feed them, then he's got something for you. If Jesus has told you to go do something, then he's got everything you need to get it done. Where we get the hang up is we trip over our intellect trying to figure out a supernatural answer that our mind can't perceive. But what has happened is Jesus has already put it in our spirit and our mind hasn't had the revelation of it yet. So if God has sent it through our spirit, then our mind will catch up where the spirit has taken us. We try to get our spirit to catch up with where our mind wants to go. But that is not what God has told us. What he's told us is follow me. And what does follow me look like? The spirit of the living God living in us. Not our holy mind trying to get the spirit of the living God to do what we want him to do. So when, when we see something that we can feel the anointing tugging on us, they're, they're putting a demand on what we carry. You know, sometimes you don't know what you carry until the demand is put on it. So when we can feel the demand being put on our anointing, our first response is, Jesus, what do you want to do? Not mind, what do you think? But Jesus, what do you want to do? Because there's a demand being put on my anointing. There's a demand being put on what I carry, who I carry. So we are training our minds with this suddenlies that God is doing. We are training our minds to Submit to the Spirit. The Spirit goes first. Our mind and our body follow. And all of these suddenlies, all these transitions, all these uh, uh, things that have happened, whether it's the flood or whether it's the contract with CVS, God is training us to follow Him. Because he's got an answer. He's got an answer. And I saw, I just saw her. No, 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 where'd she go? There you are, Luke. You're okay? She fell last night. And uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pointing you out because I saw you there. And I'm like, I'm so glad you're here. You guys took good care of her, prayed over here. Now, you know, just think about it. She could have stayed home. And said, well, I fell last night. I better stay home. But what did the Spirit say? Come. 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 Spirit and the bride saying, come. Amen. So I want to read the scripture out of uh, Philippians 3.6. 3, it says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. 
But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have, have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We are forgetting what is behind us, both our victories and our defeats, because we're not living out of yesterday's manna. We're living out of today's. It doesn't mean yesterday's didn't transform us, but what it means is it doesn't hold us. Have you ever met someone who said, you know, I wish it was when, you know, in 2016 when blah, 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 blah. No, that is behind me. I'm not going back. I don't, I'm not going back. Uh, it's funny because, you know, you've heard of these high school romances being renewed. And then when they're renewed, they aren't really the same they were when you were 16 and 17 years old. We, we had someone we knew who... Um, uh, decided to marry their high school sweetheart and they were in their 50s and they were living out of what was behind them. It did not last because they weren't 16 and 17 years old. They were trying to, to uh, stir up something that was a time of the past that did not belong in the current and so destruction occurred because they couldn't move forward because they were stuck in the past. We've got to forget what is behind us and press on to what God has up in front of us. We cannot live from yesterday's healing, yesterday's breakthrough, we live out of it, not from it. That catapults us forward, doesn't hold us behind. So when we look at what God's called us to do, we look at him fully sufficient, fully able to accomplish through us what he has determined for this time. And if it's multiplying bread, that's what we're going to do. If it's healing the sick, that's what we're going to do. If it's cleaning up the garbage, that's what we're going to do. Because all of it is to his glory because we said yes to whatever he's asked us to do. Whether it's above us or beneath us, it doesn't make any difference to him. It's just meet the need. This is what I need for you to do, and I need for you to say yes. But we are going to learn in this season, this process of yes out of intimacy, not yes out of obligation. And when yes comes out of intimacy, then it's a whole different yes. It's like Michelle talking about being an introvert. And when that love got a hold of her, she was like, let me get him. I'm going to hug him. I'm running him down. Don't talk to me. I got that one. And I, so she's going to be the hugger at the door on the way out. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> but what I'm saying, listen to her. The anointing of the Lord was on her in that moment which gave her the strength, the courage, the ability, whatever it was, to do what God needed her to do in that moment. And she said yes. And it went against everything that would been in her mind. Nope, I'm going to the bathroom. Nope, I'm sure Patricia's around. Let me go hug her, you know. But, you know, think about this. It sounds silly, but it is those minute, microscopic moments of obedience where you lean into the anointing and suddenly there is a breakthrough and you were doing things you would never do because you leaned in to what God said and you didn't discount it with your brain or your personality, whatever it is. And suddenly there was breakthrough for the people who received from her 
for whatever reason, they needed her touch. And it's microscopic. It's moment. You know, usually it's about a three-second breath of God that actually nudges us to move. Think about three seconds. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Think about that. And those three seconds of his breath on you, three seconds, you have that moment to say yes or no. And it doesn't mean he won't bring it back around, but that first inkling is usually about a three-second, I think that was God. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Three seconds. Three seconds. I'm a three-second gal. If God says it in three seconds, I'm saying yeah. It takes less than three seconds to say yes. But just think about it. We think that, you know, God gives us these long plans. Not normally. If you're in the grocery store, it's like all of a sudden she catches your eye. Or all of a sudden that checkout person, you know, there's a problem. It's a, it's a suddenly. It's not like, oh, yeah, when she was driving to work, she had a flat tire and this hat. No, you're in the checkout line. They're like, cash your credit. Go, 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 go. That's what God's saying. Pray, deliverance, go, 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 go. It's, it's a momentary second for you to decide, I am going with God. But that, the ease of that comes out of the intimacy he's bringing us into. It's the ease of yes. It's not the compulsion of yes. All through the word, it doesn't say, it says, Give out of a generous heart, not out of compulsion. And as we move into intimacy, it moves out of that. I have to, to move out of my way. I'm going to hug you. Move, move, move. I'm coming. You're it, you're it, you're it. Now, you know, Southern people, some people have issues with that anyhow. When they walk into the room, they want to hug everybody and they want to talk to everybody. Uh, my husband says, you think you know everybody? I said, actually, I do. <laughs> I think I do. If I don't know them in the spirit, I'm going to know them. You know, some, but that is my personality, you know. And sometimes I've had to learn uh, that other people have boundaries. <laughs> that they may not want a hug and a kiss. Yeah, no, 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 they may not. So it's lucky that you guys don't have any boundaries. You don't mind. No, just But you know, when we think about it, God is teaching us to move with him without boundaries. I, I'm not putting up a wall to have a boundary with God. I am tearing down every wall so I can move with him without anything inhibiting me. And every wall that I have is my own wall. It's not anything anybody's given me. It's not anything he's put up. It's my wall. And God is through this process of intimacy. He's pulling out any little stone that might be in the way. He's pulling out any little hesitation. That, that, that voice where we question ourselves so many times is that God, sometimes we need to just say in this moment, I'm going to go with it's God. And God, you can stop me if it's not. If that person needs prayer, I'm going with it that they need prayer and they're going to love it because I'm carrying the love of Jesus and I'm carrying what they need. And whether they like it or not, they're going to love it. By the time I get done, they're going to love it. It's so funny. We were in Walmart and uh, our Walmart loves for us to come pray with it. And they're like, oh, you're prayer people, aren't you? <laughs> That'd be us. And we're walking through Walmart and, and we take a card. So, you know, so it looks legit. <laughs> we might put a thing or two. We might buy something, but you know, we want to look a little legit. And so we're going down the aisles. I don't know. Is that deceptive? I don't know. But anyhow, we're going down the aisles and we're praying for people. We're filming people getting healed, all this kind of stuff. And we come across this guy in his arms in a sling. And him and his wife are there. And uh, we're just like, oh, man, what happened to your arm? Because uh, there's no boundary. Let me just find out your personal life. How much is in your checkbook? You know, you know, I'm just, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. And we were like, can we pray for you? And his wife said, no. 
He's got to go home and take his medicine. I'm like, well, if we pray for him, he probably won't need it. No. And I'm like, okay. We're like, no problem. You know, they don't have to receive it verbally, but they can receive it in the spirit, right? But that was our only no. Everybody else was like, pray for me. Pray for me. And it, like I said, the manager comes up and goes, are y'all praying for people? Yeah, we got some stuff in our cart. <laughs> it's okay. We got stuff in our cart. But God is fun and he wants us to have fun with him. And part of that fun is getting to know him in the depth of who he is and the depth that he has for us. And there's fun in that. And there's uncomfortableness and there's awkwardness and there's, you know, trying to, you know, sometimes we try to perform for God as he's telling us to try something new because we want to do it. We're like children. We want to do it right and we want to do it good and we want to please him. But just the heart of that makes his heart jump. Just the fact that, that we're like, okay, I'm going to try it. Blah, blah, blah. How's it sound, God? Is it okay? What are you? you know, there's something about that childlikeness in us that brings an outpouring of intimacy into us. It brings a whole level of receiving for us. So intimacy is such a big deal. And, and like I said, multiplication is coming with it. So as we grow in this intimacy... I want you to hear the word of the Lord. You do it. Whatever I ask you to do, just say yes. In that three-second breath, just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. And I will do things that will amaze you. Okay, I'm going to talk about one other thing, and then we're going to wrap up. I have loved being here with you guys. I, I was telling Ruth last night when we got into the room, I said, you know, I feel like I didn't get enough one-on-one time. And next time, uh, I'm going to just offer this up, but I haven't talked to anybody about it. So we'll talk about it later. But next time, we're going to make maybe a little space to have some time so we can sit and talk and have coffee and and do stuff like that. It was a little bit more of a hurried schedule. You know, usually we have a little bit more time, but for some reason, we just didn't get that worked in. But, you know, it'd be great for us to make a little extra space, and and we're going to work on that I say, kind of, <laughs> as our leader, Michelle's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. no, it's just great. Cause you know what happens out of every one of these? And we'll hear back from you guys. We'll hear what, what God did with you. And we want to hear, send us emails. We'll hear, um, what you'd like to see more of. Cause I know we just love the communication of, of just hearing what God's doing and what he wants to do, but more time together. The last thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about it briefly because I think, uh, Jody covered it last night, but I want to talk about the Holy fire. And because God is bringing us into a deeper fire. And I mentioned this earlier. All of us have fire in us. Put your hand on your belly and say, there's fire in me. me. You know, when we do that, that alone stirs the fire in us. And even every day, if you just decide every day, I'm going to put my hand on my belly and say, there's fire in me. Increase it, Lord. Increase it, Lord. There is a holy fire that is released over his body. It's just, it just is. It it just is. And if you don't feel it, just tell God, let me feel the fire because he will burn you. You will feel, you will start sweating like, uh, um, you know, Josh and Linda. Linda said, my face was so flushed with the fire of God last night. It was so flushed with the fire of God. When Jody came by, she's like, if, if you just want it, I'm just going to come by. You know, there is fire. Grab it. Grab a hold of it because the holy fire is here and the holy fire is for you. There's no one exempt. There's a fire released. And um, I love this out of Luke 316, the Passion Translation. Brian isn't here, but we'll, an ode to Brian. I love his work and what he's done. It says, John is saying, I can only baptize you in this river, which that's what we've talked about, the river. But he will baptize you into the spirit of holiness and into his raging fire. Raging. Say raging. Raging. Have you ever seen a raging fire? Do you know what a raging fire looks like? Imagine that raging fire in you. That is what we carry. We carry a raging fire. We, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, propane. You can turn it up and you can turn it down. 
I want mine all the way open. I, I want to be, who was it that said, was it Charles uh, Wesley that says, I want them to catch me on fire so God catch me on fire so everybody can come watch me burn. That, that really is what we're going for. And as we pray that, it is going to disrupt us. That was the word that Pastor Gene gave us, that we're disruptors. And God is disrupting us with this holy fire because honestly, we're having to learn how to be flamethrowers. Have you ever seen a flamethrower? You know, they use those to start brush fires, to, to, um, to contain the fire that's happening. When you're a flamethrower, you got to know how to th throw the flame. You can't throw it wildly. You got to follow the spirit and know how to release the flame of God over them. So we are flamethrowers. Um, uh, yeah. Did you guys see the Grammys? I didn't either, but I heard about it. Did anybody hear about it? Okay. The only thing we heard was the bad stuff, right? Well, no, uh, Maverick City won four Grammys. They won, you know, we had a lot of, of, a lot of gospel. Uh, did y'all hear that Dolly Parton released a song on her birthday out of a dream that God had given her? So those are the good things, but that's not what, what we hear about. There was a uh, uh, dance called Holy Fire, Unholy Fire. It was a demonic devil, that whole thing. And, uh, and I, I saw it on Facebook or Instagram or something later. And I went back and I looked at it because I wanted to see what it was about. And I actually read what the artist said who did the, who did the performances, both of them. And uh, they just need Jesus. Come on. Yes, did it offend the righteousness in me? But they need Jesus. So we're just praying for it. But what, I, as I looked at the little video, the replay of it, what I heard the Lord say was, the devil has upped his game trying to distract from the fire that I am releasing. You know, the devil can only imitate, he can't create. And if there is a TV three minutes of the devil and fire, it's not even a, it's not. Based on the fire of God that's being released. It's just, so we are not cursing the people who did it because they don't know. I'm not going to curse someone who is ignorant. I'm not going to curse anybody because that's no, no. Y'all go back and read, read Deuteronomy. But I am going to bless them because when they get saved, they're going to turn that unholy fire into a holy fire. Because if they can do that on stage in honor of the devil, imagine what they can do on stage in honor of God. So when we talk about the holy fire of God coming and we see these little demonic brush fires, they're nothing. They're just an indicator that the enemy is trembling because God is burning and there is a shifting of this world. There's a shifting of the people. So whenever you see that demonic stuff come up, spit on it. Forget it. Our spit will put that fire out. That is nothing. It's just an indicator that God is a raging fire. That's all it is. So I saw that. And yes, I'm sorry, probably a million people saw it. But most people, they're half asleep on the couch when they're watching that stuff anyhow. But what I know is that God is trying to show us the inroads that we are called to make with the fire that we carry, not to curse and complain, but to bless and deliver those who don't know. Amen? So I just want to pray over you. There's two things I want to pray. I want to pray this fire over us, but I want to pray for those who feel like they are supposed to start preaching the gospel. I feel like, let's do that first. I feel like there's some people in here who have a burning for it, but haven't done it, are, are just in a few things, but they feel that call to preach the gospel. So I'm going to have you stand up quickly. You can stand up, Magda. Don't hesitate. If you almost stood up, then stand up. I saw, I saw some of you go, is that me? Is that me? 
That's the three seconds. Yes, that's me. It, really, I'm telling you guys. Yeah, so Lord, Lord, we just release that impartation for the preaching of the gospel over those who stood. And there's maybe one or two that didn't stand that should have, but we're just going to give them the grace anointing of it, right? So we just release that. There'll be such a hunger for the word, and we just, we just say there will be no fear in allowing the word of God to come out of your mouth and that God will teach you how to prep God will teach you how to ready yourself to preach his word, whether it's on the sidewalk, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's in a pulpit, whether it's at a conference, wherever you are, God is going to teach you how to preach his word. And I'm just going to encourage you guys, if you feel like that is a true calling on you, then get under someone who can help you develop that calling and get training on how to develop your calling. If you don't know the words, you can't preach it. You, all you can do is wing it. And I'm telling you, this day of soundbite gospels is gone. God is asking for the full gospel to be preached. Soundbite boss, not none of the top five scriptures. That's not my sermon. I know the whole word. So that when I go to preach the word, the word comes out of me, whether that's what I prepared or not. Right? So we just release that over you in the name of Jesus. We actually have a two-year school. So if you're interested, you can see Pastor Karen back there in the orange sweater. Uh, she organizes all that for us. But I just want to release that over you. You know, just receive that anointing, that commissioning, and step into what God has called you to do. Amen? Okay, let's, let's just pray for fire, and then we're going to go, and we're going to go home on fire, and I'm going to, uh, I mean, y'all have gotten enough fire this weekend already, but uh, we're going to get just a hair more, just a hair more, just a hair more. Okay, so just everybody stand, and let's just pray, and I want you to put your hand on your belly, because the fire comes from your belly, it doesn't come from your brain, it comes from your belly. Woo, Lord. Stir up the fire, God. We're asking that you put a raging fire in each one of us, God. Stir up those flames, Lord. Give them more, 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 more. Holiness, a hot, holy fire over them. Do you have something? I knew she did. You know, the one thing, the gift that God's given me is I know when somebody else has something. <laughs> Sometimes they get a little surprised, but... I just had this encounter in the Lord recently when she was mentioning fire in your belly. And in this, it was um, this big fire truck. And out of the truck came all these firemen, and they had fire hoses. And we know that the fire hoses puts water to put out fire. But instead, it was... <laughs> It was fire coming out of the fire hoses. And what I just saw when you were praying, it was, it was like I saw fire coming out of our bellies, just like fire hoses. It was starting fires everywhere. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we just loose fire. Thank you, Lord, that out of our bellies will come fire. That's a sign and a wonder because as she preached fire, God sent the fireman to show her that the fire is here. And even though they were there to douse it, you know the spirit can't be doused by people who flame the fire. Woo! My guys are like, woo! Just get more, 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 more. And I, I want you guys to commit for the next 30 days every morning. Fire, fire Lord. Fire. I want to be a raging fire today. Three-second rule. Turn around and touch each other. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Lay hands on each other. Let's share the fire. Do you have anything, Jody? Whoa. Yeah.
Okay, well. I think we're going to be uh, uh I think we're going to be drinking and driving. So please go carefully. So guys, we have loved having you here. I know that it was an investment and a sacrifice for you to come. I know it was, but I'm telling you right now, God will more than multiply what you've put out and what's been put into you and what's going to come from you. It's in and out, into you and from you. Amen. So thank you guys for coming and we love you so much. Safe travels home. And if you're here tomorrow, come join us at 10 a.m. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.